0: Hi, welcome to Innovating Leadership, co-creating our future. I'm your host, Maureen Metcalf. I'm the founder and CEO of the Innovative Leadership Institute. We help leaders identify disruptive trends and envision the opportunities these trends create we help them elevate the quality of their leadership and transform their organizations to build sustainable success and impact. I'm a regular contributor to Forbes and the lead author on an award-winning book series focusing on innovating how you lead and transforming your organization. And I am also a fellow with the International Leadership Association. I am delighted to bring to you recorded live at the International Leadership Association Conference 2019 in Ottawa, Canada, whose theme is Courage to Lead a series of interviews. Next, you'll hear Cynthia Cherry, the president of ILA, to introduce the conference, and then I'll be back to introduce our guests.
1: International instability is only getting worse in today's world, and it cries out for a need for leadership. Hi there. This is Cynthia Cherry, president and CEO of the International Leadership Association, and the ILA has its mission to advance leadership knowledge and practice for a better world. At this year's Global Conference in Ottawa, our theme was, Leadership, Courage Required. And it was a gathering of 1,200 professionals from around the world to discuss, share, and explore the latest research, teachings, and best practices in leadership. In this series, ILA fellow Maureen Metcalf is the host of the 2019 series, and you will hear From corporate leaders, political leaders, and the leading scholars and teachers grappling with the complex issues of today. I hope you will join me in exploring these complex issues in the 2019 series.
0: I am delighted to welcome Carrie Spell Hansen to the interview. Carrie's work with individual, group, and organizations to promote and enhance personal and organizational effectiveness through research, coaching, and training. She's committed to providing individuals and organizations with the tools they need to survive and grow in the increasingly diverse and competitive domestic and global marketplace. She's held positions as Vice President of Finance and Administration, Dean of Intercultural Development, and Vice President of Organizational Development and Culture Change, prior to launching her company, the Folk Institute for Transformative Learning in 2004. As a faculty member for the American Management Association, she teaches numerous courses in the administrative professional communications, management and leadership portfolios. She's also worked as an adjunct faculty member, teaching organizational behavior and effective multicultural teams to graduate students so in today's session we're going to talk about diversity and inclusion executive order 9981 was issued in january 26 1948 by president harry s truman this order abolished racial discrimination in the united states armed forces and led to the end of segregation in the services in this session we'll talk about what we have learned about diversity and inclusion training and in the 70-plus years since that order. And in our preparation, it sounds like we're also going to talk about diversity and inclusion and what it means for us as broader human beings. So, Carrie, I am delighted that we're having this conversation. Welcome. Thank you so much. And Maureen, thank you for inviting me. I'm very excited to be
2: here and to talk about something like diversity and inclusion because it's I'm passionate about
0: it and it's so near and dear to my heart. So let's talk about how are you defining diversity and inclusion? Well, it, it's interesting because if,
2: if we go back to, you, as you mentioned earlier, President Truman and his executive order back in 1948, he, he talked with, at that point, it was really about how do we uh, actually break some of the barriers so that we would have people that were at that point marginalizing. Back in 1948, it was primarily um, African-Americans or people of African descent, I should say. And so at that point, it was just basically how do we get people uh, through the door? How do we 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 have some, how do we, uh, change some of the, what the landscape looked like? So I would say at this point, the universe of diversity has changed. You know, So we, you go back to the point where we talked about how do we tolerate people that look different from us? Mm-hmm. And so now we're at a place where we're, we're talking about not only that, but also including. How do we include people? How do mm-hmm. people start to feel like they're a part of uh, the, the, the organization or just society as a whole? So I think that when I define diversity, I look at all aspects. You know, we didn't even there was not even a conversation in back in 1948 about about sexual orientation, sexual preference, or gender. Whereas now that's that's a very important component of it. Or women in the workplace. So I would define I would say that we've expanded the, the you know how we define diversity at, the, um,
0: at this point in the 21st century. So what have we learned in 70 years of diversity initiatives? Well, it's it's interesting, as
2: I said, we've learned that, uh, I I would say personally what I've learned is that the the whole concept of the idea of tolerating differences is, is, is unacceptable.
3: And mm-hmm. what I mean
2: by that is a lot of oftentimes when I'm teaching um, diversity and inclusion, one of the things that I ask uh, my, my uh, the participants is I invite them to go home and share with their loved ones, their partner or any you know, their loved mm-hmm. ones and just say to them, "Hi, honey, I tolerate you." And and, and, and I said, when you return tomorrow, tell me how that goes over. And what I mean by that, who wants to be tolerated, Mm -hmm. okay? I want to be accepted for who I am. And everyone, regardless of how different they might be, it's really about acceptance. So I would say at this point, one of the biggest differences that we're, I'm certainly not teaching tolerance, I'm teaching acceptance. Mm -hmm. You don't have to agree with each person or each
0: religion or nationality or whatever, but I can accept the differences. You know, we're doing a lot of work on <clears throat> disruption right now. And what we're learning in a time of disruption is differences are required. So I don't just tolerate them. I have to integrate people who think differently, who look differently, who believe differently, mm-hmm. who have different political orientations, because they come to those places from different thinking, different experiences, mm-hmm. and those differences are the only way we're going to create robust solutions to the challenges we're facing. Right. Well, I- exactly. When you think about it from the perspective
2: of if we all thought the same, you know, we, there would be very little progress. Mm-hmm. You know, so if you, if you have a different way of thinking, a different way of viewing the world, uh, when we're looking at a problem, we're gonna have a variety of, of, of opportunities to look at, at, explore different solutions. And so of course we're seeing that in the workplace now, when there is diverse teams in, within the organizations, mm-hmm. they are, are, are much higher, the productivity is much higher. Okay, so we know that the difference makes makes a difference. Mm-hmm. Okay, and the willingness to accept that other people might see a problem from a different perspective and my willingness to be open to hearing what they have to say will certainly support us in in, in, uh, finding different
0: types of solutions. You know, I I absolutely agree, and yet we saw some research in the last few days that's just getting released at the conference about people's willingness to follow leaders who are different, Mm -hmm. and it was, to me, surprisingly low. So people accepting a a person of a different gender and and willing to truly follow them was around half. Mm -hmm. People's willingness to follow someone of a different political leaning was about a third. Mm -hmm. So while we think it's imperative, that's where I think the work of inclusion really comes in. Mm -hmm. That if I won't follow someone who has a different political view, our, our entire workforce is in trouble. Yes, absolutely. And you know, and I I haven't
2: seen the most recent research that you're Mm -hmm. speaking about, and I can say to you though, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised to hear that because it goes back to, one of the things that I also do is I look at the neuroscience of inclusion, which is understanding how our brain works. So if we take this all the way back to prehistoric days, based on on what we've learned through Mm -hmm. history, Mm -hmm. then we would know that one of the things that, as human beings, our brains are wired, to be more acceptance of people that are just like us. Mm-hmm. So we are. So when. You, so what happens now? let We're talking thousands of years later. So mm-hmm. what are we doing? We, our brains are basically wired so that if, if someone walks into the room or if there's a leader that looks like me, I am going to be more acceptance of that individual without even them having a conversation with them. Mm-hmm. My brain is 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 wired. If someone walks into the room that's different from me, that I go into alert, like danger. Uh, you know, be on guard. Mm-hmm. So. We, that's been part, since that's part of us, and then it's only perpetuated in a society where the news media continues to reinforce. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, and not blaming overall just mm-hmm. talking news mm-hmm. media is bad. That's not what I'm saying because it's systemic. It's in it's in our culture. Mm-hmm. Okay, whether it's marketing, whether it's the news media, those are the things, and I'm beginning to notice how that is changing. So the evolution of changing how we present people that look different from us mm-hmm. will support us in in seeing. People differently and and then I would also say we have to have a
0: we have to be willing and open mm-hmm. to the change you know the other is the change in Google algorithms I can now no matter what my perspective is mm-hmm. go find my people So whether it's some mainstream Mm -hmm. orientation, I can find my people on the news. But if I have some incredibly deviant orientation, Mm -hmm. either um, hateful or something like that, I can also find people to reinforce that perspective yes but every time I do a search now when I open my phone I've got something in my news feed that reinforces my point of view Mm -hmm. because that's what I look for and it then distances me from people who look at the world differently irrespective of their physical features and so it seems like we are now as a society moving toward more polarization because of the, the way the information is served up to us as well.
2: Well, we have access to more information than we did, mm-hmm. obviously, even five years ago, so let alone 50, 60, 70 years mm-hmm. ago. And, of course, we, you, know, you hear a lot of conversation now about biases. And, um, and what you're speaking of is what we would call unconscious, uh, excuse me, not unconscious, confirmation bias. Mm-hmm. And a confirmation bias is like whatever I, whatever I believe is the truth, I can find evidence to support that truth. You know, so, and, and as a result of that, I can stay in that, in that space of my way of thinking and my way of viewing the world is true, and I can validate mm-hmm. that. So part of those, of those of us that are actually doing the, the work of diversity and inclusion, in, in all, and not only in, in organizations, but in communities and, and just throughout the world, one of the things that I always say to people is that what, what I teach is a process of unlearning. Okay. okay and as adults we have to give ourselves permission to want to unlearn. Okay, it's difficult and I would say impossible to teach someone if they are so set in their ways that that's all that they can see. Now I can appreciate and understand that we are shaped and molded in an environment and how we grew up and where we grew up that mm-hmm. that is how we see the world. As an adult we can make different choices if we want to. We can decide that, yes, this is how I see the world. I'm open to hearing other ways of doing and other ways of being, and that's the unlearning process. And also understanding that my brain is wired like that. My brain is wired to see that. And according to the, the research, when you look at the neuroscience of inclusion, it's going to take us many, many, many years to get to a place where the brain is wired differently. I, I personally, first of all, I'm an eternal optimist. So I, I believe that we're, we're on our way.
0: You know. So initially, then, I make conscious choices that may conflict with my innate wiring yes so I'm a woman who's five feet three I'm probably wired to be afraid of seven foot tall men mm-hmm. because I'm small I can make a choice to be not consciously afraid of them mm-hmm. and then over time my brain will rewire yes yes but initially I have to be very deliberate when I walk into a room with tall men mm-hmm. just to use a an example that's not inter- charged. Sure. But it could take me a very long time to be not afraid, physiologically Mm -hmm. reacting to people who are a foot and a half taller than me.
2: Yes, absolutely. And part of that is is uh one of the things that we say is that with respect to our biases, one is acknowledging that we all have it. Mm-hmm. Okay. I believe it's in Wikipedia. We have somewhere they've I think they've counted something like hundred and fifty eight thousand biases and still counting. So mm-hmm. I mean I it, it, it makes it sound like every other thought is a bias of you know about someone mm-hmm. else. And it, but what it is a, what you do is you challenge those conversations mm-hmm. that you're having in your head. And and challenge those so, and then you you know and asking yourself the question, when was the last time I saw a male that was seven foot tall that was the, and I was in danger So we start to question that, but you're absolutely mm-hmm. right. The other part of it is like I like to say uh, I used to say years ago, I've been doing diversity and inclusion work since we started talking about affirmative actions nearly thirty years ago. Mm-hmm. And I used to tell people that one of my goals was to, um, uh, you know, I, I would teach that it, it was really about the journey. It, wasn't, it was not the destination. Mm-hmm. Okay, so don't focus on the destination, but focus on the journey. I have to tell you, Maureen, a couple of years ago, I came to the realization that it's not, it's not even about, you know, the, the journey or the destination. The journey is the destination. There's no place to get to. You know, we're going to spend mm-hmm. out the rest of our lives uh, working on 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 this because again if we're going to rewire the brain I don't I'm, I'm certainly and I may be uh, I am an optimistic but I don't believe that
0: it will happen com- you know completely in my lifetime. Well, think about how our brains get wired the way they are. Mm -hmm. I say jokingly, I never leave the house without clothing. Mm -hmm. My brain is absolutely wired that that would be embarrassing. Yes, yes. If not illegal, it would really be embarrassing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I can be exhausted. I can be almost sleepwalking. Mm -hmm. I've walked out of the house without rinsing my hair. The shampoo was still in my hair. Any number Mm -hmm. of other things, but clothing is always on. Mm -hmm my brain is equally as wired to keep me safe around seeing people that are different. Mm -hmm. And so it's going to take a long time to rewire. And I may rewire about color, but not about economic differences. Or I may rewire about LGBT, but not uh, people of different statures. Mm -hmm. So it is, as you say, really an unlearning that requires conscious effort. Yes, absolutely. And you, when you think about what supports, what will support
2: us in the unlearning process, mm-hmm. is the media. Okay, mm-hmm. television shows. I really have time to watch TV. My schedule is like nonstop, and mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'm passionate about it. And I, I will watch because I'm also observing the shift, like in some of the comedies that that we see. Mm-hmm. You know, um, last night I, I was working and I turned the TV on, and Will and Grace was on. So again, looking at you know, you, you it's o- it's okay to have a, an, an openly you know gay person mm-hmm. and speaking about it and being married to another man. And when I was growing up, that would have that was like unheard of. In fact, when I was growing up, one of the things I remember is that even married people slept in separate beds on something like Leave It to Beaver or mm-hmm. you know one of those. And, mm-hmm. and, and ironically, the um, uh, there was there was another show that was on TV. I, I can't recall the name right uh, the the, the uh, name right now, but the one where they were married and they had anyway. The, the husband also had many children. The Brady Bunch. That's what. I oh remember. yeah. And I was watching a talk show a couple, of, a couple of years ago, and one of the things they said, if you ever noticed when they were in the bathroom, that they weren't even allowed to show you a toilet. Okay, that was unacceptable. And during that time, that was like totally disrespectful. You would never show a bathroom with a toilet. So and look how far we've come. So we are now teaching from a different perspective. Growing mm-hmm. up, I did not see people on TV that looked like me. Okay, mm-hmm. now I turned the TV on here last night, the hotel, and yet I see so much diversity and mm-hmm. interracial couples and things like that. So the rewiring is taking place um, subconsciously for us as well. Okay, and, and, and of course what we have to do when I think about the whole idea, when I, I think of like maybe be having the power to wave a magic wand, mm-hmm. okay? And if I was able to do that, I would, in addition to continue in, in, in making organizations and corporations aware of the fact that when they are showing a bias or, or substantiating the fact that we should think separately as opposed to more inclusive, mm-hmm. that we, we point those things out to them. The other part of it is is our school system, our education process, because this is really a process of education. Mm -hmm. That's also rewiring the brain. Think about it, if you didn't know how to read or write, what would happen to you as you fast forward and become an adult and how you interact with other people? So if we're teaching
0: uh, children how to read or write, what if we're teaching them that differences is okay? Well, and to your point, the media is, in many cases, ahead of the curve. Mm-hmm. If I think about TV shows that I've watched, and I also have them off and on in the background, and it's mm-hmm. it's something like NCIS that I can yes um, doesn't require full attention, but they do have people of of different ethnicities mm-hmm. in key roles. Yes, and that seems important as well. Okay. Is that the boss is a man of color mm-hmm. it's not always the white dude yes exactly and it's off or occasionally it's also a woman mm-hmm. so just seeing and I remember reading in the literature about implicit bias that just seeing people in roles mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. look like each of us yes gives us permission each of us who who is uh, not a white man gives us permission to that it's okay to be there. Yes, yes, exactly. And and
2: think about it as children are watching some of these shows, whether mm-hmm. it's a Sesame Street or no. If they don't, if they see other children that looks like them, or if they're watching a show where the woman is about to. Uh, you know, fly into space. Okay, mm-hmm. she's an astronaut. What is that telling me when I'm seven, eight or nine years old? I can be an astronaut if I mm-hmm. want to. If I'm mm-hmm. watching a show where there's a woman president, okay, I can say, Well, you know what, I can aspire to do that. We didn't have that for many, many years. Mm-hmm. So that to me is part of the whole process of rewiring. Or when we see people that look different on T V and we see that they're interacting, subconsciously our brain is saying, Oh well maybe those those people quote unquote mm-hmm. are not that bad.
0: Well, and so back to your magic wand, some of the biases children of today have will be different than what we grew up with. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. In fact, I, um, my
2: my granddaughter actually said to her brother when he started uh, a school, in, uh, actually kindergarten, and, and I heard her in her room sharing with him that, um, you know, some people in, in, in your class will have two mommies. And some mm-hmm. people have two dads, she said, but well, we have a mommy and a daddy. She goes, but there are all different kinds of ways to have mommies and dads. And I thought, wow, that's profound. You know, what is mm-hmm. that doing? That's, that in and of itself is shifting the way they're growing up. A, another good example are seatbelts. You know, think mm -hmm. about you know how long it took for us to realize that seatbelts was. It's like now it's 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 like for lack of a better way of saying it's a no brainer now. When I get in the car, I don't think, oh, let me put the seatbelt on. It's like brushing my teeth.
0: I get in the car, I put the seatbelt on. And that's the that's when we know we have rewired exactly right. I don't have to consciously say that. When was the last time I was disadvantaged by a man a, a foot and a half taller than me? Yes, exactly. And. Initially, I need to be conscious. Exactly. Because exactly. being unconscious gets me biased. Absolutely. And I always say,
2: as adults, because we are at this point, no one can make us do anything,
0: mm-hmm. okay? So we have to be willing to give ourselves permission, okay? And I would say even more than permission, I have to challenge myself. Absolutely. It is not OK for me to be biased just because I'm unaware. Yes, I yes. have to, as a citizen in this period of time mm-hmm. on our planet, mm-hmm. when we interact with people of difference, as often as we interact with people of similarity, and that disruption requires it, mm-hmm. it is required for those of us who are ethical, principled, moving our world forward. Mm-hmm to be conscious first so that we can be unconsciously competent with bias. Absolutely. And and the the fact of the matter is the way the
2: world existed during prehistoric times, when you think about it, people actually were together in tribes. Mm -hmm. They did not Mm -hmm. interact with other tribes when they had to pick up and move from one location to another because they had exhausted the land and it may have been mm-hmm. hundreds of years when they did that they would um, as they begin to, to set up in the new area they always had people that were watching out for you know for mm-hmm. danger you know animals mm-hmm. other other tribes whatever when they saw a tribe coming across the mountain they didn't stand up go oh look here comes diversity let's embrace them that's not what they did they fought so well, at least they they stood back and
0: questioned.
2: Yes, exactly. So they it was like an automatic, like an alarm mm-hmm. because they didn't know what to expect. So when you think about it from that perspective, we now live in a world where we're moving all over. We're not we're not settling in, in mm-hmm. a tribe or in a group or in a, a particular country or even a, a you know we we are moving all over because we have the ability to do that because of work because of uh, you know people are falling in love with people from other parts of the world whatever. So we we are now we're so now integrated if you will. Will, that it is a requirement that we learn how to interact and survive together. Mm-hmm. Okay, for the for the benefit of our planet, you know, for the benefit of living a successful life or a wonderful life. So, how do we do that? How do we make that happen? And it's not going to change. It's not
0: going to go away. Is what you're mm-hmm. saying. You know, we're not going to change that. Well, and I love the idea that being aware that in in the past, in in a tribal era. Difference meant danger, mm-hmm. and I had to at least pay attention. Mm-hmm. Are they safe? Yes. Now you can't go into fetal position every time you get off an airplane Absolutely. in a different place Absolutely. because you'd never get off the plane. Now safety equals embracing diversity. Mm-hmm. It's completely flipped how our brain sees the world. Mm-hmm.
2: And the, hence the, the whole idea of rewiring the brain now. Mm-hmm. We're no longer looking at it from that perspective. So how do we do that? How do we begin to, to think from the place of, like you said, that, that willingness to, to, to open my eyes and realize that and challenging some of my, my, my way of thinking, am mm-hmm. I willing to challenge that and, and acknowledging the fact that, yes, I do have the biases, but I'm not the only, there's more than
0: one way to be right. So on that note, we're going to go on break, and I'm going to invite our listeners as we are on break to think about where do you see difference that you may not have been conscious of that causes you to discount someone else? Where can you be open in however your life is constructed in a way that would allow you to be more inclusive? This is Carrie Hansen, Maureen Metcalf, and we're talking about diversity and inclusion. We'll be right back.
3: Maureen and her associates are ready to discuss your needs and tailor a solution to meet your goals. Move forward with the Innovative Leadership Institute. Visit InnovativeLeadershipInstitute.com today. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Innovative Leadership co-creating our future. To reach Maureen Metcalf or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at InnovativeLeadershipInstitute.com. Now back to this week's program.
0: Welcome back. You're with Maureen Metcalf and Carrie Spellhansen and we are talking about diversity and inclusion. So during the break, Carrie was talking about her dissertation. Why don't you share a little bit about what you're doing and what you're learning? Okay.
2: Well, I do a lot of work with uh, women. So my dissertation that I'm currently writing is looking at um, women in leadership positions and how do women thrive in the face of lack of respect. Now there's a tremendous amount of research obviously being done as it relates to women and, and, and uh, women in the workplace and women actually evolving, if you will. Uh, when I, I, There's a class that I teach and I always share with women um, leaders or potential leaders is that they have to give themselves permission to step into their greatness. You know and so what I'm learning is that there's a lot of work being done and a lot of research on some of the external factors that have to change some of the systemic issues that we're dealing with in our world that will that keep women suppressed okay or oppressed okay. so what I'm looking at and what I'm studying in my research what are some of the intrinsic things how can we develop training and programs to support women to, to internally self-esteem self-confidence and and, and and that becomes such an important component, and I don't want to negate the fact that looking at some of the external factors, uh, like the systemic, uh, you know, biases and racism and sexism. But I also want to look at some of those internal factors and how might and that's what I'm my focus is on. So my research is actually interviewing women and asking them about the, these experiences because what I want to do is I'd like to be able to see, uh, you know, I want to find if there's a trend. Is it resiliency? Is it, you know, what are some of the things? And a lot of it is also looking at the way we've been socialized,
0: mm-hmm. okay? So I do a lot of executive coaching, often with women. What are a couple of the things that you are finding that we can share with our listeners? Because so much of it is between my ears. Mm-hmm. Nobody has done anything to me that's holding me back. Mm-hmm. It's how I make sense of the world based on my experiences or my my brain wiring. Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. would you advise me and other women that we can change how we think about ourselves mm-hmm. so we can be more effective.
2: Well, it's interesting. It goes back to the socialization process. Okay. So then our
0: brains become actually wired in
2: terms mm-hmm. of, of, of what we what is acceptable to us in terms of our, our confidence or lack of self-confidence. Mm-hmm. The media, we go back to the media, and not that. And I don't want to sound like I'm blaming media for mm-hmm. anything, mm-hmm. but it's also part of our socialization and our learning process. And what we see, whether it's the dolls that we play with, other games that we play. Mm-hmm. So when we're in schools, you know, when we're in a class in, in, in the second or third grade, and we're told, and we watch the, the boys, and they we're told that they're good in math, mm-hmm. and, that, and we get something wrong, and the teacher tells us to just sit down and try it again, but yet she coaches the boys in terms of mm-hmm. how to do it correctly. Mm-hmm. Unconsciously, okay. Mm-hmm. Because again, if you're taught that girls are are not good in math from mm-hmm. the time you're very young, and if you decide that you want to become an, a, a calculus teacher, a professor mm-hmm. of math, or something, and you're told at a very early age well you can't do that because girls don't do that, okay. So then, what you grow up with this this ability, this idea of like I'm not I'm mm-hmm. not good enough, or I can't, or when you're taught that you have to look a certain way. Mm-hmm. Okay, and as as a woman, you have to dress a certain way. You have to be a certain weight. You have to do all of that. Mm-hmm. And how are you taught
0: that? By what you see in the magazines. So of course, we're changing that as well. I was going to say, yet you and I are both sitting here as very successful women.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What changed for you that allowed you to get past the socialization that you can share, maybe with our young female listeners?
2: It's it's the process of of unlearning. Okay. Okay. It's acknowledging and recognizing and also mm-hmm. challenging, okay, some of the things that you know internally does not feel right mm-hmm. to begin to, to um, and, it, and, it, and we talk about affirmations. Ability mm-hmm. to, to listen to those 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 conversations, because we all talk to ourselves, that's part mm-hmm. of being human. So how do I begin to negate that negative self-talk?
1: Mm-hmm. Okay? That's so
2: important. That's huge. It's like when yeah. I begin to, because if I'm having a conversation with myself, I'm on my way to have an interview with you, mm-hmm. right? And so if I'm saying to myself, oh my goodness, I'm going to mess this up. Mm-hmm. And how often do we say things like that? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm so bad at, I'm mm-hmm. such a lousy yes. whatever. So how do we begin to change that? I, you know, sometimes I'll say in a class with women, it's like, when is the last time you looked in the mirror and said that you were beautiful? When do you look mm-hmm. at yourself and go, wow, I, I love myself just the way I am. And one of my most favorite ones is that when I say to people, this is not your practice body. Wait until I get my real body and watch how fabulous <laughs> I'm going to look. You know what I'm saying? This is it. You know, how do I appreciate it? Yes, you know, we have so many different ways that we can do things. We could change our hair color. We can make it long. We can make it short. We can gain weight. We can lose weight. We could do lots. We could have plastic surgery. But the body that I'm currently in, can I embrace it and love? Of it mm-hmm. is really what it comes down to so how do we start with that and become more self-accepting okay as opposed to projecting and if I make this other person happy and make other people happy therefore I'm going to be
0: happy it starts it's, it's an inside job first that's what well I'm and the, thank you because that's really what I was and again we can all point outside and blame but there are a lot of us who are successful mm-hmm. Despite the things we've experienced, or maybe because of them, mm-hmm. maybe because of the adversity. Yes. And I would say
2: because of uh, oftentimes. Mm-hmm. So one of the things I'm looking at in my research is then what, what is it that I can begin to isolate?
0: Mm-hmm. okay
2: from those women that um, have
0: experienced the, the lack of, the lack of respect mm-hmm. and then also yet thrived. And that's one of the things I wonder. For for me, it was, I will not allow that thing mm-hmm, to control mm-hmm. my life. Right. I, I will do everything that I was told I couldn't, yes. which also caused me to put myself in, in really stupid spots. Sure, but sure. I was going to prove to myself mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that the things that happened earlier weren't going to shape my life right exactly and so and and
2: that to me is resiliency i'm fascinated by Mm -hmm. the whole idea of resilience and resiliency and 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 we now know that it can be it can be taught Mm -hmm. it's not something Mm -hmm. well some people are born with it and some people are not uh, some people may have a little bit more of it, but we can teach it. We've isolated it, and we actually train um, and support women in actually in becoming more resilient. So we can spend our time, and we can spend our time looking outside and going, "We need to change the the, the landscape," and we do. Mm-hmm. And we can also look inward, which is what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And how can we support women in looking inward? And what is it that I can do differently? Because by my doing that, I'm going to change the landscape
0: as well. Just like I don't need to be skinnier and prettier Mm -hmm. I don't need the outside landscape to change before I can take control of my life absolutely I'm giving
2: myself permission Mm -hmm. okay to 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 step into my
0: greatness and I'm rewiring those just like I rewire my conversation with myself about seven feet tall men I'm rewiring myself about the conversations I have that I'm not good enough to step into the interview. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and
2: being able to do that and recognizing that all of this takes time, it takes energy. And we're talking about skills. And if you if you've ever learned how to ride a bike or if you exercise, if you work out, it takes discipline. Mm-hmm. It's awkward initially, you know. And sometimes it's even painful and we mess up. But, you know, when I fall down, do I get back up? You know, or do I fall mm-hmm. down? And go, oh no, I fail. I can't get up anymore. Do I? Do I get back up and do it again because I know I get better and I get stronger? Mm. Uh, we were talking about that previously. You know, you might start a new job or something, and you look and you're, you're like, oh my gosh, I can't do this. I'm, I I still go in and out with that with my dissertation. Like, oh my mm-hmm. gosh, this is like overwhelming. I don't know what I'm doing, and it's like all
0: I have to do is put one foot in front of the other you know, there's something about being a beginner, even when we're very experienced. Mm -hmm. So my partner has started taking karate classes. Mm -hmm. And so he walked in as a white belt in his late 50s. Mm -hmm. And he goes through his first testing for his yellow belt. Mm -hmm. And he said he went through the test and he passed it and he's in a room with eight-year-olds and six-year-olds and they're doing the fist bump like Mm -hmm. look old man (laughs) and and putting himself in the spot where six-year-olds were more experienced in some Mm -hmm. cases that again it's rewiring that we create that agility in our brains Mm -hmm. that allows us to stay fresh and new so that you're doing a dissertation I'm doing interviews with people I don't know about things in some cases I don't know. Mm -hmm. How do we continue to stay open? And that to me is really, that's the journey. Mm -hmm. There is no
2: destination. When I get to this or when I get this PhD next year or when I do that, I'm done. Well, then it's over. It's like, you know, am I taking my last breath? You know, so, so to me, that's why the journey is the destination. It's like you're constantly on this journey. One of the challenges that I see with people when we look at diversity and inclusion and, and being open to to accepting differences and changing how I view the world is getting off of this, what the way I am is the way I should be and I mm-hmm. cannot change. And it's fear, a lot of it's mm-hmm. fear-based. You know, I don't know what's out on the other side of my thinking, Thinking, opening my, expanding mm-hmm. my awareness mm-hmm. and my thinking about people that's different. What's going to happen to me?
0: You know, it's interesting. I met with one of my financial people recently and he said people of my age are potentially going to live to be 105. Mm-hmm. That's 50 years from now. Wow. If I am not changing... Mm-hmm. And actually, that's the thing that would make me more afraid is if I'm not changing and the world's changing over the next 50 years at an accelerating rate of change, I will be a completely obsolete human being. Right. I am more afraid of that than I am of change. And that,
2: yeah, that makes, and that's perfect. That's a perfect example. But when you think about it, most people, the fear of change, so how do we get people to a place where they, one, we're not making anyone wrong?
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. I think how that's really your, important. Your,
2: your, your, your biases and whatnot, I'm not going to make you wrong because you are really a part of how you've been shaped and molded. Mm-hmm. Okay, What I am challenging you to do is be willing to, to see
0: other possibilities, other ways of thinking. So in that spirit, then, what do you see the best leaders doing that's different?
2: Accepting. Being accepting, acceptance of differences, and not only in in language, but in your actions. Okay. Being open,
0: being willing to be vulnerable. I think that's huge. Mm-hmm. The vulnerability and transparency, letting people know I'm yes, vulnerable. Yes, absolutely. And the best leader,
2: because we as human beings, we know when someone is sincere and when someone is mm-hmm. being authentic. Mm-hmm. So if you if you're saying to me, well, you know, I want to, you know, be, become a more inclusive leader. Okay, mm-hmm. And I don't really believe that. But when I go home, I'm going to say, I don't believe in these people or so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. I'm going to feel that from you. I may not be able to, to name it or pinpoint mm-hmm. it, mm-hmm. but something is doesn't work for me. And I'm not going to trust you. So authenticity is really, really important. And in order
0: for leaders to be authentic, they also have to be self-aware. I think that's really important as well because I can say something that i think i believe Mm -hmm. because i have no idea really what i believe yes exactly so so part of
2: that self like to me the the first major step is the self-awareness component Mm -hmm. so whether you're talking about emotional intelligence diversity inclusion so on and so forth you are talking about how aware
0: of you in terms of what you're thinking how you're thinking and 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 have have you done the work on yourself You know, the other thing you talked about, and I want to circle back to that, is as I'm doing the work on myself, I'm going to make mistakes. Absolutely. I said something in a keynote the other day, and I got feedback at the end that it it came out so differently than I intended. Mm -hmm. And while I'm embarrassed, going back on stage and apologizing seemed not effective. Mm -hmm. But I need to continue to be better at what I'm Mm -hmm. doing. Right, and and the embarrassment will keep me from ever saying that thing again. Yes, yes,
2: and and you know, and and I like that because, and as you were speaking, what I, I love analogies, and the thing that comes to my mind is, if you ever notice, there's lots of construction going on all over the country, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So if you ever noticed when you when there's construction, there's there's usually a sign that that says you know you know under construction. Give them a break, mm. okay? Yeah, we're human. -hmm. Okay, and as human, we we are subject to errors. We're subject to Mm -hmm. saying put what I like to call put foot in mouth. Yeah. Okay, we're subject (laughs) to that. Okay, are you willing to give me the benefit of the doubt? Are Mm -hmm. you willing to come to me and tell me because intent does not always equal impact?
0: As long as I'm trying something new, I'm going to make a mistake. Absolutely. I will have Absolutely. foot and mouth. Yes. And if people come to see me as a speaker, what they don't want, I think, is what they got five years ago. yeah Because I got really good at that. Yes. They sure. want something new. And if it's something new, occasionally, mm-hmm. well, always, I will be asking for my listeners to listen with grace. Exactly. To extend mm-hmm. me forgiveness because my intent is positive absolutely that's it and and my words may be occasionally not sound as polished when they come out of my mouth as they did in my head. Absolutely, and and so as a leader, getting back to that, I would I would say
2: that that's so incredibly important that we don't that, that we, we all being authentic, mm-hmm. and when we you know and, and when someone comes back to you and say, well, you know, you said this, and you say that was not my intent, mm-hmm. okay, and and sometimes if I'm face to face with you, I can tell by your body language that what mm-hmm. I said did not land correctly. Mm-hmm. Allow me to explain to you what my intent was in this situation. Mm-hmm. And then I tell, I tell other folks, the onus is also on you to share the impact. Yeah, Ask the yeah. question. Can you tell me if you meant such and such, mel- when you said this, you know you, could, you know, you want to make sure that you're sharing the impact. Because that's how we maintain or, or, or save our relationship. Mm-hmm. As opposed to in our heads making, you know, decisions about what someone said
0: and what they really meant. And it, and they meant me harm, or was, it was mm-hmm. meant to be mm-hmm. negative. Most of the people with whom I interact don't mean me harm. Exactly. And I would assume for most of our listeners, most of the most of not all, right, sure, most sure. of the people we interact with, are trying to get through the day, feed their kids, Absolutely. get get from one place to the other. They never have enough time. Absolutely, they're all. Most of us are overwhelmed much of the time, just trying to make sure we're on time for the next thing on our schedule. Yes. Mm-hmm. I don't mean harm when I'm when I'm distracted,
1: mm-hmm.
0: worrying about whatever I need to do next right exactly but I may not sound as gracious as I intend to exactly and so that again that it's a Mm give-and-take
2: relationships are give-and-take and And our willingness to do that as opposed to this preconceived notion when I see you I automatically have this idea of who you are and what you're thinking and what you're after and and it's from a negative Mm -hmm. place so
0: you are in a position to influence the field Mm -hmm. significantly what are one of the or two of the things that you really want to see change or that you would invite our listeners to be thinking about and doing? the one of the things i I would like for us to continue
2: to continue educating ourselves as well as as um, the things that we're putting out, thinking taking a step and and step a step back, if you will, mm-hmm. and thinking about how. And what we say to each other and respecting differences, you know. Mm-hmm. For me, changing the field is, is continuing to teach the,
0: the the process of unlearning to learn. I talked about being conscious, you talked about being conscious, aware of, of myself and my thoughts and changing them. Mm-hmm. Is there anything I'm missing in the how do I unlearn?
2: Uh, how do you unlearn? by being open to other ways of viewing the world and seeing things mm-hmm. and, and seeing people. Okay. You know, I, again, you not necessarily agreeing. I mm-hmm. think empathy is huge. Okay. I think having empathy and the willingness to, to see difference. You don't have to agree. You don't have to like what I do. You don't have to like what I eat, mm-hmm. but the, to know that that works for me, my part, that's my process and giving me the space to do that and my being able to do the same thing with you is giving you the space Mm -hmm. to be who you are and just accepting that and then recognizing particularly like when we get into a working environment Mm -hmm. in the workplace, our willingness to recognize that we are creating a a, a third culture. Mm -hmm. Here's my culture, here's your culture. It's like a Venn diagram. When you put Mm -hmm. it together, when we overlap, that's the culture that we are working from. Mm -hmm. I'm still, my culture here, this is still yours. We're not changing who you are but our willingness to overlap and and find commonality or common ground in order for Mm -hmm. us to interact.
0: So being safe, that it's safe for me to be with people who are different. Yes. That that difference makes us better, and I will need to continually check myself and remind myself that that difference makes us better. Absolutely. Rather than that difference makes me... Less. Exactly. I'm not as smart because I don't know what you know.
2: Right, right. And and you may be smart in one area and I may be, Mm -hmm. you know, well versed and smart in another area. And as leaders, I, I would say we have to continue to do the work on ourselves and we have to live by example. Because, you know, having raised a child, I can tell you they, children learn more from what they observe mm-hmm. than what you're saying to them. Similarly, in organizations as leaders or even in communities, okay, your action speaks much louder than the words that you're, that you're speaking. So if we're going to say, we want you all to get along, show me getting along. Mm-hmm. If you're saying, I want you all to have opportunity to get to the, to the top, then let's not make this a... Um, like seasoning on, on on the dish and the main mm-hmm. dish remains the same. In other words, we can't have everyone in leadership positions that, that are only white males and saying that I want my organization to be more diverse and inclusive. Okay, what am I doing to change the, the landscape mm-hmm. at the top? Mm-hmm okay as, as opposed to talking about it what am I doing and you know, do I have succession planning do I have it where, where people are able to see possibility when they come in the organization mm-hmm. that they can also become a CEO am I a developer
0: of people all people in my organization so as we wrap up then because you teach diversity and inclusion programs what would you advise leaders to do to get the most out of their training?
2: That they go from the from training to diversity and inclusion initiative. My dream is that we get to a place where we don't have to have to have separate diversity and inclusion training. That is part of the management training. It's part of everything that we do. It's part of what we're learning in schools. Okay, if you're taking a, a course in of geology then you're understanding the dynamics mm-hmm. and the difference in different parts of the world because of the different cultures and the different people mm-hmm. okay if you're taking a course in finance that you're understanding that from a class system that there are some people that you can't go to with with you know financial data you have to speak to them in a different way for them to understand mm-hmm. how to save mm-hmm. money and whatnot mm-hmm. so i my dream and my vision is that we begin that diversity and inclusion becomes part of everything that we do and that we teach and that we don't have to keep it on on, on the, as a separate thing that we're mm-hmm. doing. So I, I call it more of a diversity inclusion initiative as opposed to a training in an organization or in our communities too.
0: As you say that I'm thinking of systemically within an organization, it means my culture has to be accepting. Absolutely. That, that we don't tolerate treating people differently. Absolutely. And there are consequences for that. Absolutely. So performance appraisals are changed. Mm-hmm. The, the competencies with that I look at for effective leadership has to change. It has to include inclusion, not just to go circle all the way back to where we started, not just I tolerate you, you're different. Exactly. And I put you in the corner and, and you're the seasoning. Absolutely. I worked with a client who put me in the AV closet they could say, yeah, that was my office. And the, the person in charge of the organization said, get her out of the closet. And literally, I was working in a closet. Put her in a desk like the other people right, right. in the organization. Mm-hmm. And looking back at that, that was a statement about culture. Yes. We had the, the woman in the closet, mm-hmm. and the men were along the window row. Right, exactly.
2: And... And and what does that say then about the culture? Not what we're telling people because our values and our mission statement Mm -hmm. and everything is perfect. But what what do people see when
0: they come into the organization? You know, what then happened was there was a rumor that I was having sex with the guy in charge. That's why I was out of the closet. So we have come a long way from that. Mm -hmm. So I do acknowledge the progress we've made. Yes. And... The culture matters, the, the systems matter, mm-hmm. everything we're doing, how, what, what's between my ears matters. Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
2: It's interesting, and I cannot remember who said this, but there's a quote that says, culture each, um, culture oh, right. each strategy yeah. for breakfast, mm-hmm. and it's like that. So again, you can have the best strategies in the world, but if you're not focused on creating an inclusive culture, it's not going to
0: give you all of the things that you're seeking. Carrie, thank you so much. Your insight is just brilliant. How would someone learn more about you and your work? Okay, well, my, I, my company is The Folk Institute um, for
2: Transformative Learning. It's www.thefolkeinstitute.com. Um, you, and info at com would be the best way to get in touch with me. Thank you so much for having me. I've had a blast. I enjoyed talking to
0: you and just sharing and exchanging with you. Thank you, and same here. I really appreciate you sharing your wisdom and insight. Okay, great.
1: Thank you for listening today, and I hope you enjoyed the conversation that Maureen had with one of our ILA thought leaders, and we look forward to having you join us throughout this 15 podcast series on leadership during these turbulent times.
0: Thank you for joining us at the International Leadership Association Conference Interview Series, recorded live in Ottawa, Canada. We'd love to hear your feedback. And part of the feedback that really inspires us is letting us know how these interviews have impacted you personally and your organization. Please reach out to me at info at innovateleader.com or on LinkedIn. Connect with me as Maureen Metcalf.